0: From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant, your one-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights, with your hosts, Steve Politi and Rutgers Insiders, Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to the pod, podcast history, second emergency podcast in a week. What a week here at Rutgers. We're busy, guys. We don't like to be busy. We're sports writers. This is this is crazy. Uh, the special Kirk Shiraka edition of the podcast. Our long national nightmare is over. We have a new offensive coordinator. Uh, he's a familiar face to long-time Rutgers fans. Was the offensive coordinator here in 2010. Got fired then. We'll talk about that. Went on to a very successful career at Minnesota. Not so successful at Penn State. Brian just catch us up what where's Kirk Shiraka been he was not a guy on our list were you surprised by the hire
1: in hindsight no because it it this is one of Greg's the wells he likes to go into is finding guys he either knows and has worked with or people that people that people that he has worked with that trust right so uh, no in hindsight this was, should have been maybe a name Uh, we should have looked out for. He uh, went to Minnesota last year when he hired uh, Joe Harsimiak, did it again. I I have to imagine that he's not a PJ Flex Christmas card list uh, for the foreseeable future. keeps continuing to take his assistant coaches. Kirk Schrock is interesting in that, so this is obviously his second time back at Rutgers. He's done this at three different schools now because he was at Minnesota for the second time this year and he previously had two stints at Delaware. So he is just constantly churning going back to places he's been before the second stint at minnesota was maybe a little too short-lived for me to say whether it was better than the first he had a pretty successful first run at minnesota uh and then i have no idea about delaware i think he worked with joe flacco uh when he was at delaware the first time but anyway probably should have uh, seen this coming but uh after 41 days and 89 days since sean gleason was fired i'm just along with everyone else, just happy they hired somebody and we could finally move on from this.
0: The first time at uh, Minnesota certainly was successful. Pat, I mean, 2019 that was one of the best teams in Minnesota history. Eleven and two, the offense was great, not just good. I mean, scored 30 points a game or something crazy like that. Tanner Morgan, the quarterback, passing it around, 3,200 yards. The numbers. I mean, if you're a Rucker fans, you see these numbers with that offense produced out there. You're like, please, just give me, just give me a fraction of that obviously a better personnel, but I mean, a proven, a proven play caller at the big 10 level.
2: No question. And, uh, this past season at Minnesota, you saw what he was able to do to Taylor make the offense for mm-hmm. Mo Ibrahim and just hand the ball to him at a three to one clip, rushing the yeah. passing, which is a s- astonishing ratio. And certainly something that Rutgers has the personnel for you would think, uh, next season. So I think, uh, he's done it at a high level, like you said, at the big 10 and, uh, Will be adaptable. I think is the key word, and why Shannon wanted to bring him in. He's a guy that will tailor make this offense to the personnel, and that's what you want any good football coach to do: tailor to the
0: players' strengths. And I think that's what event. I think that's what got. We can all agree that's what got Sean Gleason fired. Like he was just tired of having an offense that wasn't built around the talent he had. Was trying to jam square pegs in the round holes. Wasn't handing the ball to Sam Brown up a point against. Nebraska when your defense is playing well, just stuff like that. And I I have no doubt that he is going to be a person that Greg Shano can trust to handle the offense to him, that will, you know, will tailor the offense as you mentioned, Pat. Uh, and that Sam Brown better get ready because I think that this is as long as that kid is healthy, this is setting up to be, you know, you're gonna build this thing, compliment your offense, Ray Rice kind of deal. The question though, Brian, and we've I mean, I don't think we have to it's not really a question. The answer is we, he doesn't have the personnel to, to run his system here. I mean, Gaffin Wimpsett is a quarterback that you would think could run some spread RPO stuff. Uh, certainly, but he's hasn't shown the accuracy necessary for that. And certainly they don't have the receivers for that.
1: Yes, exactly. And to to the point of uh, 2019, you mentioned they had better personnel than Rutgers. They had Rashad Bateman, who was one of yeah. uh, the better rookie wide receivers in the NFL. Um, and he was the
0: second best receiver on that team, I think too. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it's great. Yeah.
1: Right. right. And, 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 they didn't have a great quarterback in Tanner Morgan, but he was solid, which is, I, I don't think accurate. you can say yeah. accurate that's words we can't really use with Gavin Wimset just yet. Uh, now, Charaka does reserve credit for developing Tanner, right? He was with him, I think, for sure. the first three years of his career. So I guess that's encouraging in the sense that he can develop a quarterback to be solid. But yes, the, the fact that he had a lot better pieces around him, a uh, better offensive line, much better receivers. And then this year he had, as Pat mentioned, Moe Abraham, who's one of the best running backs in the Big Ten. Even if you don't have a great offensive line, he can get a ton of yards after Contact, which is something that Sam Brown showed an ability to do. Maybe he can yeah. uh, develop that. But yeah, the, the personnel, uh, its the transfer portal window is still open. There will still be another one after the spring. You have to hope that they can bolster the personnel. They have to get a wide receiver. They have to get a, at least one of them, right? What they do in that realm will
0: uh, kind of shape what what, what Shrock will be able to do in his first year. It's fascinating because he, he's going to uh, the, the – two questions I have. The first two questions at the press conference, assuming they make him available in the coming days, is one, are you bringing a quarterback? I think it's is a is a is a key one. I don't know if you want to answer it, but I, I'm very curious to see if he has got if he has a guy he wants to add to that room. One and two is he going to mix up the staff or other insistences He's going to bring with us. I mean, we, we don't have the answers to that uh, yet. But you know, I wonder what's going to happen to Nunzio Campanella. You, you know, you know, Pat, you've known him for what long time? He was Greg Shannon said he was a candidate for the job. But it turned out he was not a candidate for this job. Are there? Do you think? Do you think we're going to see major staff changes?
2: Uh, that's a great question i i would i would tend to say shiano likes the guys he has in place and that shirako was brought in to kind of just be the leader and the and the face of the room face mm-hmm. of the offense and that he can kind of keep the staff in place because i think that all those changes just sets sets you back when you're trying to build a program if you keep switching assistant right. coaches and doing things like that you're setting yourself back so i think from a consistency standpoint shirako would be best suited to maybe keep the staff in place and maybe, you know, maybe bring in one or two of his essential guys, but uh, I can't see, I can't see there being an overload overhaul of the offensive staff. I think that would be a, a major step in the wrong direction.
1: Yeah. I don't think they'll have uh last year, they replaced the entire defensive staff. I don't think they'll do anything that drastic. No. Um, I think I would set it at one and a half and I'm not sure if I'd go over or under, but I, I, there, I think there'll be at least one. I just don't think they can afford to not change anything aside from offensive coordinator after that disastrous season. Uh, I just don't know how heavy they'll go in changing, especially at this point in the year where, you know, the season's been over for a month.
0: You mentioned the word afford, and clearly they can afford to make changes. And that, it, to me, and this is, uh, we don't have the salary figures yet, but it's, it's nothing short of remarkable. And I wrote about uh, in my column on this you know, Rutgers entered the big 10 I I guess it was yeah, early in the big 10. They, they had, when Chris Ash was the head coach, a 28 year old inexperienced Drew Merringer making 400, 450 grand, I think in 2016. Now they're hiring away a guy from Minnesota who had just signed in December, just signed a multi-year deal that was going to push him over a million dollars. They hired him away. St. Paul Pioneer Press that uh, package one point five million. I am we don't have the numbers, but it's going to be in the neighborhood of that certainly, which is going to make him one of the highest paid assistant coaches in the Big Ten. It's I mean that's just nothing short of remarkable if you think of where this was, and then you're throwing the fact that they're still paying Sean Gleason a million dollars next year. It's it's I mean Rutgers is in the deep end, deep end of the pool now with those with those numbers i mean they've got to have a good offense you know I, mean, I don't know what my point here is other than just to marvel at it from a standpoint of like the days when rutgers would lose us assist- they are stealing assistance from a big 10 program now it's kind of remarkable
1: i think that fans when they see that number and then they see kirk shiraka's name they don't think it's a good thing that they're spending that much money on kirk shiraka is my point i think if they when they if they see that number they think they want i don't know a name off the top of my head but a big name a splash higher and then they go back to a guy they had 12 years ago right uh a guy who's been bouncing around the big 10 who was fired two years right. ago from a better program i agree it's remarkable that Rutgers one has the capital to spend uh or i guess hopes to make that capital back at some point i don't know but i think Rutgers fans were hoping if if you had told them beforehand they would spend this much money. They were hoping it would be a different name than than Kirk Shiraka.
2: Yeah, it's just clear to me that Shiano wants to pay for experience, and he wasn't going to go to another experimental hire like Sean Gleason. So I think that was where where the money comes in. That the spending is is, is remarkable to marvel at, like Steve said. But you got to pay for thirty five years of experience, which shiraka has, and. I think that's what you're ultimately paying for a guy that's been around the block and he might not be the flashiest name because of his, you know, being fired at Penn state, but it's the time, you know, it's time to put up or shut up and, and Rutgers is putting up. So
0: it was clear that they, they weren't going to go to Fordham. They weren't going to hire some guy who did nice, did nice things at the division one, double a level. They weren't going that route. He wanted he wanted the guy he knew has coached in the big 10. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the question, I guess, and we, you know, when you look at his resume, did nice things in Minnesota, and that wasn't. Workers wasn't the first obviously wasn't the first program to notice that Penn State did in 2020 James Franklin hired him uh it was a disappointment they were they were four or five on a team that had talent I mean it's not like he went in there and had to do what he's gonna have to do here uh we don't have a lot of clarity what happened there I will say you know you give him a pass I guess a little bit because you it it, the you know the fluky nature as Greg Chambers said a million times to that season impacted it but yeah I mean that's a concern he didn't he certainly had his break to go to Pennsylvania, his hometown program, I guess, Brian, and and you know, it it, it didn't end well.
1: Yeah, to your point, I think the COVIDness, the freak nature of it all, all kind of dilutes what you can take away. I mean, Sean Gleason looked like the best coordinator in the Big Ten that year, and we all know how things ended. So I don't know if you can, maybe Rutgers fans hope it's the, hope it's the opposite, that Kirk Choraka looked dreadful that one year and he could be better. I don't know. Uh, but I think it's, I mean, I was just reading, and you can never really tell how, honest, these coaches are, but uh, when J- J- James Franklin was talking about why they moved on from Kirk Scirocco, the COVID year was brought up. So uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that excuses it, but I think that is uh, a fair caveat to to include in, in the reasoning there.
0: Uh, and I'll, there are a lot of caveat, caveats uh, also about his tenure at Rutgers. I know neither one of you guys covering the team. Brian, I think you were still in you know, kindergarten at that point. Where, where, where were I, we at I time? graduated.
1: I think I was in third grade. You, you right, were in let's... third grade? You were in third grade in 2010. That's not true. Let's actually do the math here. I was 14. I was in high school. Okay, thank God, good grief!
0: But yeah, uh, it didn't go well, and then this is—it's an interesting part point in Rutgers history, and I'll—I'll I'll do some of the talking here because I was there. Although I had to go back and talk to a lot of—I call them shianoologists—who remember exactly what happened there. He came into a time when Rutgers was scoring a lot of, in two thousand eight, scoring a lot of points. He took over two thousand nine as the play caller, uh, and two thousand ten, Anthony Davis goes to the NFL. They lose the offensive line, crumbles. Uh, they have Tom Savage at quarterback. They can't protect him. He gets hurt. Quarterback is sacked 59 times. And I think what Rutgers fans most remember about that team was the wild night when Mo Sanu, Mohamed Sanu, uh, NFL receiver, top receiver on the team. I think he ran the ball. I I wish I had the numbers in front of me, but close to 60 times just taking the snap under center and just, and that that was the only thing that this offense could do to move, to figure out how to move the ball because they couldn't protect anybody. Uh, It was also the year that Eric LeGrand got injured. Um, and the team went into the tank, and I think a lot of people rightly look back on that and say that it, you can't, you really can't judge what happened that season because of Eric's injury. Uh, certainly, I agree with that. But but Greg Shano did at the end of that season judge it as a failure and make the change. You know, he and, and Kirk Charaka was the guy he fired. It's it's fascinating to me that we're coming back full circle there. I wonder, in some ways, this is Greg Shano saying, "I screwed that up." And I do think people around Rutgers back then thought he made the wrong decision to fire him. There were other coaches that to bring in at the time. There are a lot of factors going on in 2010. That said, is this, do you think this is an omission that he got it wrong back then?
2: I would tend to say, yes, it is. Any, anytime you give someone a second chance, it has to be some sort of a mission. And from what it seems like he was kind of close with Shiano and, you know, like you said, the 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 unlikeliness of the Eric LeGrand injury and And all that came with it, uh another excuse per se, but um yeah, i w- I would tend to say that uh it is certainly any retread higher is is a is a second chance
0: certainly no question yeah and and it's and there's also i don't I think we can also agree that he's not going to like he's staking his oh go around on on this guy fixing the offense and like he's right. not going to get. If it doesn't go well, there's not like third. There's not a third guy. To and hire his uh, offensive coordinator. Correct, correct me
2: if I'm wrong, Steve. But back in like 9 '10, when Chiraca was leading the offense, it was a little bit more of the the pro style. Like we're going to play great defense, win games by playing great defense, and and kind of just playing a complimentary football to steal the term.
0: Well, but they scored a ton of points in 0-8 and 0-9. I mean, they had NFL receivers I, right. and all those teams. I mean, Mike Teal at the tail end. You know, they thought Tom Savage was going to be, was the biggest recruit ever at the time. And yeah, I mean, I, I i think a lot of what they did, maybe that, you know, and I don't, I don't remember exactly, but maybe that move was to appease Tom Savage at the time. It didn't matter. Savage still left the program They, you know, it, it went to Frank Cignetti and soon yeah, it was Greg Shanna leaving the program as well. So it was the end of, it was the end of that sort of. Uh, time for that error for Rutgers, but it is fascinating to, to to think about, you know, the sliding doors. That's a movie you yeah. guys probably haven't seen. The circle of life here that's going on at Piscataway. All right, let's dive into insider questions first, and then do some basketball talk. Because we obviously we got we have we, were, we all three of us were at the game last night trying to watch the basketball game while writing about the offensive coordinator, which I don't recommend, folks. Uh, the wireless at the rack was um, uh, something to behold, and we spoke. We promised we'd never speak of it again. So let's just move on before we do this. Uh, all right, a lot of fun questions from Rutgers Insider people. One comment: Do we get to make 2009 called? And they want their headline back? Jokes, very good. So here's a question: What is the over under on the new OC improving the offense and lasting more than two seasons? That's a good question. I mean, obviously you can't. They can't fire him after one. That would be. Uh, sure. The contract is guaranteed. It was, but it did. I mean, Sean Gleason lasted two and a half and that was, that was kind of a borderline. I mean, that that's unprecedented in recent Rutgers history. Brian, you want to take that one? They found the answer long-term. I don't know. (laughs) That's
1: probably a cop-out answer. I am curious. That is what I'm curious about. That's something I was going to bring up. Does he have another hire in him if this one fails or is this, is this it is if this blows up and doesn't work? Is this,
0: is this it? I mean, I mean, does the defense get him to eight and four? I mean, the, I, that's, I guess that that depends on the record, but no, if it's, if, it, if they're four and eight in the next time, there's certainly not going to be another offensive coordinator. I think, I mean, that's, we, you know, we, we're in year, we're in year four with his second offensive coordinator. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, well then I better, I guess he better hope that he does fix this. Uh, another question, Steve F Northern Virginia, along those lines, how long does Shiano and uh, Chirac could get to show significant improvement in this offense, uh, which hopefully manifests not in just statistical improvement, but wins. Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldrichs is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldridge Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, The Heldridge lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Knights game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. Uh, in my opinion, Shannon's second tenure success is now inextricably linked to Shiraka and the offense success. Um, I totally agree with you, Steve F from Northern Virginia, Pat. I mean, it's hard to argue with that. This is yeah. this is his guy, and that and then that salary. This is it.
2: Let's go back to the last question too. I, I think sustainability when you run a, a you know, a, I'm I'm taking the Sharocka offense as looking at what Minnesota did last year, okay. and if you're going with that sustainable model of let's let's rush the ball. Let's make sure our quarterback has easy throws, throw in some play action. And I think this is a guy that is exactly what Shiano wanted. And I think that kind of parlays into sustainability. So I would take the over on one and a half. And like you said, they're married and and a big part of what Shiano is going to want to do with this rebuild has to come back to what she, does.
0: Right. Uh, another question along those lines, this hire seems like Shiano's trying to win games 17 to 10. I get that winning is all that matters, but at what point are fans just bored to death of watching this team? I think we've reached that point, folks. Um, yeah, I mean, at seven you take after you yeah. lost to Maryland 37-nothing. You would take 17 10. You would yeah, take 17. No question. Did they score 17? How many times did they score 17 last season? Honestly, yeah, of course. He would sign in blood for seventeen ten. Um People would, would love to go, go
1: win every game 7 nothing if they won. The issue is that they don't right. win. Uh, I get the point. Also, I don't think Greg cares how you win. It's just winning. And he believes, right or wrong, that playing great defense and grinding out the clock is how you win football games, even in 2022 or 2023, I guess now. So that's just that's the way he is. And I, and I know when he got hired the second time, people expected him to change a little bit in many different ways. I think... Most ways he really hasn't changed much. And that's another example of this just the way he views football. And I, I think anyone who expected him to hire a run and gun young guy who's going to
0: spread the ball out uh, just was a, a, a bit naive. The problem was, I mean, we all agree that the defense is better, but we also watched it against elite offenses. And it's not that, I mean, that's part of it, Pat, right? I mean, it's the 17 10, but they're not holding, they're holding. Ohio State to 10, not only Penn State to 10, not holding Michigan to 10, not holding Michigan. They, State were, I mean, what, like, they were
2: leading Michigan at the half because of a blocked punt, right? That's like the Shiano specialty, but you're right. Right. Yes. The, the, the defense has to be the strength of the team and the offense has to be the complement to the, the, to the good defense. Um, obviously, Brian talked a lot about the personnel that's not there, but the personnel that is there is an offense that – if you have an offensive line can run the ball very successfully. And that's what Rutgers is really going to have to prove this year, that they can have an offensive line that unlike Scirocco's downfall yeah. can carry this team.
0: Uh, all right. The obvious wimpset question becomes every week. Do you guys think it, the question is, do you guys think wimpset is the quarterback answer or does Rutgers admit he's a bust and move on? They are not doing that. I don't think by any stretch of the magic, nor should they, No, they've got a lot invested in the guy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this question a lot. Will the new OC have a quarterback coach at one point? We, we all think we kind of agree that he should. I don't, that's not going to happen. Kirk Chirac is going to be the quarterback coach. I would, I would almost certainly guess. Uh, and that's going to be on him to, to, to make this guy into a productive passer and build a system around him. And that's, that's going to be his first priority. There's no magic quarterback. There's no guy you're going
1: to get in the portal. That's going to come in and it's going to be Gavin Wimsett, a barring a miracle. Right? So People should prepare for that and stop asking us about it and hope that Chiraca can over the course of an off season in the spring and training camp, develop him to be able to one, make easy throws in the flat and not overthrow receivers, which is just the basic. And then from build from there again. And again, I keep going back to this. The personnel also matters. They need to get better personnel. Of course, that, that, That's what it all comes down to at the end of the day. Even still Gavin Wimpsett must improve his accuracy and it's on Chiraca to fix that.
0: Not just, but it's not just accuracy. It is, it is decision-making in this system. I mean, you're at that this RPO. You're at that line I mean, it is very important for the quarterback to be able to recognize what's happening defensively. I mean, obviously that's with any system, but it is an especial uh, premium if if he's going to run the system he ran at uh, Minnesota. So, and Noah Evandro was very good at that, but he's obviously run out of el- eligibility. All right, I want, can we just jump into basketball? We want to talk. I can come back to some hoops questions, but we Please. should we should at least start. We should start with. Um, just, I mean, just another really impressive victory. I can't put it any other way. I get it. You know, if you, Maryland's probably, and it's no problem. Maryland's going to finish in the bottom half of the Big Ten, maybe in the 10, 11, 12 range. Still, you come off this big win against Purdue, number one, a couple of days, you're back at the rack. I think a lot of people worried all right, this is where this team has stubbed its toe in the past. You know, instead dictated the game with its defense, didn't have its best game, but Paul Mokay, man. I don't, I mean, <laughs> he's good. <laughs> just put it, let's leave it there. He's really good. I think Kevin Ward touched on this too.
1: Like He is now able to, when you put the ball in his hand, create offense and have know the moment. When he knows he has to attack and score for his team, he'll do it. When he knows he has to be a bit more passive and spread the ball to Cam Spencer and his targets, he'll do it. Uh, he's a really smart basketball player who has shown a lot of development. He told me at Big Ten Media Days that he thought he was underrated, something he's felt for a long time, and that people had not seen what he's able to do. And over the last couple of games, I think he's shown that a lot like the way he showed that last February. And yeah, I think you wrote, as you wrote this morning, I totally agree. This team will go as far as Paul Mulcahy takes it. And as far as this defense will take it, uh, which has been the best defense in the country over the past month. Uh, I was, I'm going to write that for tomorrow morning. I have numbers to prove it. They've been the best defense in the country, in college wow. basketball. In the country, huh? In the country. By really? uh, by a full point in in, uh, in, in really? metrics. Yes. That's the best team. And, and look, they let's, let's, be, let's be fair. They've played Coppin State and Bucknell in that group. And, but they've all, and Seton Hall, which is very offensively deficient to be nice, but they also right. played Indiana. They played Wake Forest and they played Purdue, which is one of the better offenses in the country on the road and they played Maryland. So yeah, this defense is legit. Paul McKay, he is legit.
0: And, uh, I think Rutgers big 10 title candidacy is also legit. What and it's Kevin Willard back with, with Maryland, obviously Seaton Hall, long time Seton Hall foil pop, not exactly a popular guy in the rack, but a really insightful interview and what he said after the game about that worker's defense, just how it's it's, it's something you now have to prepare for because the way it presses and it, it's a complete change. It's a, just a different animal than it has been in previous year and the pressure they put on the ball. Uh, and he said, he made a very good point that that really helped solve some of the half court scoring woes. And and we saw that again in this game. Uh, I mean, it, and he also made the point, Pat, that it's a different team, than he faced last year with Seton Hall because the ball is now in in Paul McKay's hands. And you don't want to say like, well, Rutgers is a better team because Gio Baker's watching from the crowd. That's not that's not the point. But Paul McKay is a different player
2: because Paul McKay, yeah, like like Brian said, he can he's he's creating offense for himself and other people. Uh, and that versatility has gone a long way. And just to go back to the defense, I had another 20 steals last night, which is an, uh, it's an absurd number.
0: Was the uh, 20s. Right. Gosh, you're right. Yeah. And everybody had and, everybody who played that steal pretty much. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Right.
2: And, and uh, I think what Brian's probably going to write about too, with the defense too, is how it's not just one guy, it, it, you know, it's not just Caleb McConnell playing defense. It's not just Mawad mag. It's, you know, Cam Spencer, you thought was brought in here to be a shooter, but he's, a steel machine. He's all over the place. He's he's got the great hands. So it's a it's a defensive system that really works well and they all really work well together, which I think is key.
0: All right. So pushing it forward, if they beat Iowa, they will be ranked. I guess that, that's not as important as it once was because they ended that long drought without being ranked two thousand twenty, but they'll be ranked and they go then they go to at Northwestern. Iowa's not very good. Northwestern's having a pretty good season, so that's going to be a tough place to play, I would think. Still, two very winnable games. This team could be five and one heading into next week. I mean, you agree?
1: I agree. I don't know if we should counter chickens before they hatch. Uh, just because, I mean, Iowa came back down. They were down twenty-one to Indiana, and they came back at one last night, which is pretty impressive. But they almost choked wow. it away too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they also choked. They almost choked it away. But Indiana, they, man, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's another another story. That win <laughs> looks a lot less good every time Indiana
0: plays. <laughs> is it possible that is it possible that Rutgers just damaged indiana at that point that this one punch in the face from Rutgers again has just ended another is that i mean man i, I come back to this all the time indiana thought "Oh, Rutgers has joined the big 10 finally we got a team we can beat up on and it's just it's just hilarious just yeah. Love
1: it. yeah i think Rutgers has to agree with you that it never stops being funny <laughs> never um being funny. yeah i think i think if they crush iowa again it, it, they're gonna have they're in a proven spot every from now on right like they had to yeah. prove that they can avoid the letdown against Maryland, and that's good and great now. And now they have to prove that they can build on that and beat Iowa and not lose to, Because Iowa Iowa's probably the third or fourth worst team in the Big Ten as far as metrics at this point. So it's almost you can't afford to lose that game. And then going to Northwestern, that'll be the ugliest game ever played of all time. That game is going to end 41-34. It's going to be disgusting. Uh, but Rutgers <laughs> is gonna have to come out on top of that defensive battle. They're gonna want to come out because they—that was a game they almost came back from like twenty down last year. Paul McKay, that was Paul McKay's breakout game, so maybe he'll want That's to right. finish the job there. Um, right. right. But yeah, I, I wonder where they'll get ranked. Uh, Jerry Carino, uh, who has an AP vote uh, for New Jersey, estimated that if they beat Iowa, they'll be ranked in the twenty to twenty-five range, which I think is mm-hmm.
0: probably fair. But yes, if they do beat Iowa, I would be shocked if they weren't ranked. Right. And you're starting to see the national people wake up. There's this some stories, that, just a lot of praise on the athletic. It's, it's starting, the buzz is starting to build around the program. So um, a couple of wins, and then they'd be back at the, the home court against Ohio State uh, on January 15th. So uh, another big week, but it's fun. I mean, yeah, you can see something building. And, and I, I do think this is his best team, Pat. Um, you know, I think he thinks it's his best team. Uh, and, and for all the, you know, thoughts that man, this is program it's crazy. Yeah. It's to going to take a step back. It's yeah. to take, it could take a step forward, which is, uh, you know, just an incredible sign of uh, of what Steve Peichel has built here. Uh, all right. A couple of, see if we got any questions that we haven't answered. Uh, oh, I, someone was embarrassed to ask this question. Don't be embarrassed. folks. You can ask us anything. There are no dumb questions, just dumb people. I'm kidding. Come on. Um, I'm embarrassed to ask this question, as I should know the answer. But does Paul McKay have eligibility next year, or is this definitive final year with Rutgers team? He right. does. He has one more he year. does. Is he? Is there any? I obviously haven't talked about it, but is is there a chance for another year? What were you? If you had to put your, obviously we don't know how it's going to finish, but if you had to bet on it, is is he starting backcourt and for records next year?
1: Yeah. So I have no inside information. Like you said, this is purely uh, an educated guess. I would assume that Paul McKay he will be back next year, but things change. There's still two months left in the season. We don't know how things are going to go. We don't know how Mm -hmm. he. But I would guess
0: right now that yes, he will be back next season. Yes, make your nil checks payable to Knights of the Rare Tan to make that happen. Uh, all right. Then see if there's any other questions. Someone wanted to know about the Death Star or improvements to the uh, JMac Jersey Mac or uh, Jersey Mac's Arena? I think we're going to have an update on the latter, perhaps, this coming this coming year soon. Uh, the Death Star, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about that in a long time. It's certainly still on the radar. We see, we just saw just what they're doing in Miami with some of the facilities. So the facility drive hasn't ended, even in the era of, of NIL. Uh, but uh, we don't have any great updates, unless you, either one of you guys have a better answer to that question.
1: No, but I do like J-Mac. That's a funny nickname. The J Jer- Mac, yeah,
0: yeah, Arena. I like that. Yeah, let's go with that. Jersey Mike's Arena. What, what would the C be? Athletic
2: comp, or yeah, Complex. Yeah, Complex. Jersey Mike's I mean, Arena Complex.
0: We will have to call uh, Jason McCordy
1: and ask him for the copyright on J Mac first, though. <laughs> it's good stuff.
0: All right. Thank, thank, thankfully, you're here, Pat. So when we do the what else? One second, I don't have to pretend to know what's going on with wrestling as we did last <laughs> week. We couldn't last week. We couldn't even fake it. It was oh, like, oh my god. Uh, and we just segued, you know, if you don't we just segwayed to like bad revolutionary war jokes. I don't know how we made yeah. it. We, we clearly couldn't answer the wrestling questions. So the colonial like, uh, era. B- Battle of Monmouth. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, winner win winner loss. Battle of mammoth, Rutgers versus the Brits. All right. Anyway. So what we got with wrestling was?
2: Uh, well, we got they're closing out non-conference schedule this weekend. Uh, Bloomsburg Friday night and Ryder on Sunday. Um, Riders should be an interesting match It's always very new jersey centric guys on both sides all it's like a very atlantic city feel if you're a jersey wrestling fan it'll be fun um but overall they're. i wrote it the other day three areas of concern they're kind of just to me stuck in stuck in this spot between like 15 and 20 in the country where they're they don't have a surefire all-american like they had the past couple years and they're just like outside of that Top tier of the Big Ten, and and getting to that next level is is Goodale's challenge, and I'm, it just doesn't seem like they're going to get there this year. Um, but there's some bright spots, and um, as they start Big Ten competition next weekend, it'll it'll be interesting to see.
0: What's holding it back from getting there?
2: They just don't have the absolute like they're getting the best kids in New Jersey, which is which is a good start. But you need the best kids in the country from Pennsylvania and Ohio and those other wrestling hotbeds too. So I just think, like Penn State gets the best kids every year from around the country. Regardless, they're they're that's why they're number one every year. Uh, I just think Rutgers gets one blue chip guy, and then they don't follow up with a, a second or third or fourth.
0: Right. No. Yeah, that that's a, it's, man, tough, that's to it's tough to do. It's tough to do. It's tough. Of course. Right. Yeah, it is fascinating. It is kind of a fascinating place for it to be because everyone, everyone would agree that that has been the standard bearer, one of the standard bearer programs at Rutgers. But yeah, making the next step seems like it's harder than any of the other teams that we've looked at other than football, of course. Um, So,
2: yeah. Like when they had right, Solano and national you would think like this is a team that can be top 10, right? Like two of the greatest yeah. guys ever and and not even then. So it's just, Remarkable. It's, it's tough.
0: All right. Let's end on that note. Uh, two emergency <laughs> podcasts in one week. Unprecedented times at Rutgers. Lots of news. You know, I guess we'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks to talk some basketball. Until then, thanks to Devco. Thanks to everyone who subscribes to our Rutgers Insider. And we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.